The word that God's put in my heart today requires a little bit of lengthy reading. Uh, so stay focused with me. It's important that we read three major texts before we get into the thoughts that God has given me. So the first text comes from the book of Exodus, chapter three. It's the first six verses. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, the next uh, portion of scripture, our next text comes from First uh, Kings chapter 19, the first 13 verses. Now, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Well, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush bush, excuse me, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. 
And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, our last text is from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, looking at chapter four, the first uh, 11 verses of Matthew chapter four. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up on their hands so that you will strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. All right, so now these are the three texts that we've chosen for today's message because they share a common thread. All three men, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, all had an experience which is the focal point of today's message. They all have what I've called a wilderness experience. Now by wilderness, you'll see a little definition coming up on your screen. It just simply means an uninhabited region or area, a solitary place. Uh, typically, it might be somewhere near a desert or in the desert, but not necessarily. But it's a place where uh, there, that's uninhabited, uh, a place where uh, you just 
don't see anything, even not even animals. And Moses, as we read in, the, in our first text, he was in the wilderness because he was looking for a place where he could bring his flock to feed, uh, some, some pasture land. And so Moses is there and not realizing that he is drawing now close to the mountain of God. There in the wilderness, he came across this mountain that the Bible declares is the mountain of God. And what that simply means is uh, the mountain of God is symbolic for the manifest presence of God. So Moses comes to this mountain and obviously as we read, he, he, he sees the, the bush that's burning, it's on fire, but, but it's not being consumed. Again, all symbolic for the very presence of God. And he has this uh, a dialogue with God. And if we uh, would go on and, and read the rest of that text, you would find that that's where Moses was commissioned by God. Where God told Moses, I've heard the cry of my people Israel and I am sending you to be my mouthpiece, to, be my, to deliver the people of God. In other words, there in the wilderness, he not only had this encounter with God, but as a result of this encounter, he receives his commission from God, what God had purposed for his life. And then we go to Elijah, the prophet Elijah. Now, Elijah had just finished uh, uh, ministering to the people of God. He had challenged uh, the, the, the false prophets of Israel to call down fire from heaven. They were unable to do that. And so uh, when they were done, Elijah prays and God sends down fire from heaven. And as fire comes down from heaven, it consumes the sacrifice. And all the people finally said, hey, the Lord is God, the Lord is God. And Elijah instructed the people to gather the false prophets and to kill all of them. The problem was there was a wicked queen on the throne at that point in time in Israel. Her name was Jezebel. And Jezebel heard about what Elijah had done to the prophets, which were her prophets. So she sends him the message. Hey, dude, I'm paraphrasing now. She said, hey, dude, I'm going to take care of you the way you took care of my prophets. And so now... Elijah, this great man of God, who had just called down fire from heaven, he gets afraid and he runs to the wilderness. And while he's in the wilderness, as we read, he falls asleep and God now sends an angel to him and wakes him up and the angel says, dude, because you know now we're modernizing it, dude, get up, you gotta eat. And there, the angel had provided bread and water. I love bread and water. In case you don't know, my last name, Paniagua, means bread and water. Such a godly name. Amen. Come on, come on, crowd. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> and so, he eats... But in typical, he must have, at that point in time, I think Elijah was a young adult because he ate and then he fell right back to sleep. And then the angel comes a second time, again with more food, he said, you gotta get up. The journey is too long for you. You gotta eat. So he eats and with that food that he ate, it sustained him and strengthened him so that he can go for 40 days and he traveled in the wilderness to the mountain of God. 
where he now has another divine encounter with the manifest presence of God, uh, where all of a sudden now, God is saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? And God in the end speaks to him. Now again, the, the text was too lengthy, so we didn't complete the text, but he commissioned Elijah now to say, you're not the only prophet that's left. You're not the only one serving me. I have others. In fact, I want you to go find Elisha. He's going to be the prophet to take your place. Go anoint him. So he received direction from God, specific direction from God, while he was there in the wilderness. And then we have Jesus. Jesus had been baptized by John the Baptist and immediately after that, notice the Bible said that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness. And he's in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, fasting. And at the end of those 40 days and 40 nights, obviously he was quite hungry, so now he encounters Satan in the wilderness, where now there are three temptations that are recorded that Satan comes to him, but he is able to withstand each and every single one of those temptations by recognizing and uh, how the word of God applies to that circumstance and his situation, to the temptation. And the Bible says that after these temptations, Satan left him, and then God sent angels to minister to him. And if you are taking notes, write down Luke chapter 4, verse 14, because there we find that Luke adds that while, when it was over and the angels ministered to him, the Bible says in Luke that Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Three men with a common thread and all had a wilderness experience. Now for you and I, as we make the connection to us today and what does God's word have to do with us today, a wilderness isn't necessarily a physical place, but more an inner experience. During this Pandemic, while we're all sheltering in place, now we are hearing more than ever before that so many people are beginning to really struggle. We have people that are, are going a little bit of stir crazy in the house. We have people that are uh, being depressed and, and, and using more alcohol and, and other things because uh, they, they just uh, are, can't deal with the isolation that they are, 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 are working through. And that's kind of what's going on with people. There's an isolation. We all are feeling isolated from each other. We all can't get together. And so that can work on us emotionally and mentally. And so this wilderness can be physically in that sense. And many of, at this point in time, are dealing with that wilderness experience. But it's not limited just to the physicality that, that we're talking about. Because the wilderness experience is that overwhelming sense that you are isolated, that you are alone. And you can be in the wilderness in, while you're surrounded by people physically. This September, 
My wife and I will be celebrating 17 years here at Belmont. Okay. <laughs> there were a few, oh no, but that's okay. When we came here 17 years ago, in full transparency, it was not easy for my wife and I. We were born and raised in the greatest city in the world. New York City, that has the greatest pizza in the world. And so we came here uh, and there was an adjustment. Uh, it wasn't easy for us, we had to adjust to a different culture. Uh, we had to leave our friends and our family behind. Uh, the church that we were at for 18 years and, and helped to found. And so, uh, and then coming here, uh, let me just first say the people of Belmont were incredible. Amen. Except one, <laughs> whom I won't name. Uh, they, they, especially the ladies of the church, they, they loved on my wife constantly and, and ministered to her. Uh, but she was struggling in many ways because she missed her family back in New York and uh, her friends and so forth and the culture. And it was uh, getting, trying to get used to that. And so uh, for me, I had my own struggles knowing what she was going through. I'm going through my own issues where uh, I'm sensing some changes that need to be made in the church, but I want to make sure I make them wisely and in a timely fashion. So I'm dealing with that. And in the beginning, I didn't make all the right decisions at the right time. So there's some stress uh, that I'm dealing with as a result of that. But I don't want to and didn't want to and never did share with my wife and as a result of that I'm holding this all in by myself I had nobody here I could talk to uh, regarding this thing I, I think it affected me physically in fact I know it did we started having I started having a lot of leg cramps severe leg cramps every single day it kept me up at night I couldn't sleep because of that all of this was going on and the thing that was overwhelming about all of it it was I, I could not talk to anybody. I felt I could not talk to anybody regarding that. So I, I can identify with having that internal wilderness experience where you're dealing with something and you feel isolated because you feel like I just, nobody will understand or I can't talk to anybody about this situation. And the, the sense is I'm all alone in this wilderness, you see. And from our text, Three texts, which I want to share three thoughts from that I think are going to help us all today. Let me begin with the first thought about our wilderness experience. The first thought is God has a mountain in the wilderness. Listen to me. God's mountain is in the wilderness. In other words, Moses and Elijah experienced God's presence in a profound way in the wilderness. There's a unique dynamic experience of the presence of God that you and I can't have unless we find ourselves in the wilderness. There are times where God allows us to sense being isolated so that we can have this opportunity to experience God in a way that we could never experience him otherwise. The wilderness is a place where it's quiet. Not much is going on in the wilderness. 
And it helps us to hear that still small voice of God. I want to encourage you this morning. In the wilderness, there's less distractions. In the wilderness, you and I can get alone and we, we can meet with God and we can experience God's presence in such a, a profound way. The second thing you'll find about God's mountain being in the wilderness is when you have this encounter with God, one of the things that will happen is you will receive your commission from God in the wilderness. In other words, Moses was, was told by God, this is the plan that I have for your life. This is what I chose it for you to do. Moses, now go and do it. Elijah thought, I'm all alone. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm at the end of my, uh, my time together. I, everybody's against me. And God said, no, not everybody's against you. And here's now what I want you to do. This is the next phase of your ministry. There are times, brothers and sisters, where we're not sure how we're going to work out our ministry with God, what we're supposed to do. And in, it's in the wilderness that you find yourself alone with God and you not only encounter his presence, but he'll have a special word for you in the wilderness. And I believe that we're going to receive new direction from the Lord in this wilderness that we're in right now. This pandemic has changed life around for all of us, and it's going to continue to unfold in such a different way. And one of the things we're constantly praying for now is how are we to get back together? How is this going to unfold? What's it going to look like? How's everybody going to respond to this thing? What should we do that is right in your eyes, God? I believe as we all are looking to the Lord and praying that God is going to reveal to us the new direction that he has so that we can be blessed in the wilderness. In fact, that's the second thought that I had. The first thought is God's mountain is in the wilderness. The second thought is this. Listen, God miraculously provides for us in the wilderness. See, God provided food for Elijah. He was so busy on the run that he took no food with him. He was so depressed that all he wanted to do was die. And he, he laid down and that's it. he said, that's it, I just want to die. But see, God had another plan for his life. And God knew, the first thing I have to do for Elijah is I have to take care of his need. There's a need in his life that needs to get taken care of. In this case, it was physical. Elijah needs food. He needs to get strengthened. And not only once, but notice God did it a second time. And after that second helping, the Bible said Elijah had the strength to travel for 40 days and 40 nights. Supernatural food that God provided for him. One of the things that we are blessed here at Belmont is that during this time of sheltering in place and pandemic, uh, God has provided for the church. Through your generosity, to your faithfulness in giving, I thank the Lord that uh, uh, we, our needs are being met financially, uh, but we give all glory to God for that. 
in, in that God is the one that provides. God will provide the food that you need for your home. God will provide everything that we need while we're in the wilderness, and he'll do it in such a miraculous way. He will do it in a way that you, this, you know this was nothing less than the very hand of God. And we're not just talking about physical. We're not just talking about the fact that God will provide physically for everything that we need. We're also talking about spiritually, that while we're in this wilderness, God will provide that which we need, the bread of life, the word of God. God will provide what we need to sustain us. God will provide the water to to nourish the Holy Spirit to fill our soul. Listen to Isaiah chapter 36, excuse me, 35, verse 6. God said, water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. In Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 18, God said, I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry springs of water and the dry land springs of water. In other words, God is saying, I know what you may physically see, but I'm going to transport that. I'm going to miraculously turn that thing around and I'm going to make this thing supernaturally what it isn't right now. I'm going to provide for you in a way supernaturally. So not only are you taken care of physically, but I'm going to take care of you spiritually as well. I'm going to nourish your soul as well. So God's mountain is in the wilderness. And the second thought, God miraculously provides for us in the wilderness. The third thought, it's so different from the first two, but it's important we touch base on it. And that is this, temptation awaits in the wilderness. Temptation awaits in the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, think about this for a moment before I get into the temptation. Moses was on a sincere journey in the wilderness looking for a place to provide for his sheep. So he wasn't out of uh, of disobedience or our rebellion. He was doing his normal day-to-day living in the wilderness. Elijah, however, he was running out of fear away from Jezebel. So he was there more on disobedience than anything else, which shows us the wilderness is an experience that we can have in so many different ways because now Jesus was led there by the Spirit of God. In other words, it was intentional. God intentionally led his son into the wilderness. So we can be there on a normal day-to-day living and find ourselves in the wilderness. We can be in the wilderness out of disobedience and we can be in the wilderness being, because we're actually being led by God. So he's led by God into the wilderness. And there, the Bible records three temptations that we're going to just touch on real briefly. The first one is the temptation to not depend on God. I'm breaking this down so that how it applies to you and I. The devil had told Jesus, you're hungry, turn these stones into bread, right? In other words, what the devil was really tempting the Lord is, don't depend on God. You got a need, take care of it yourself. 
Try and provide for yourself rather than trusting in the Lord. The 78th Psalm, the 19th verse says this. They spoke against God. They said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? That's the people of God. While they were traveling in the wilderness and they, God was providing bread for them every day, but they wanted something other than what God was providing. And then, so the people question, is God really able to give us a table, a spread? Can he give us real food rather than this manna? Can God really provide that? That's a question that a lot of God's children are still asking today. Can God really keep me while we're in this pandemic? Can God really provide for me and my family while we're in this certain situation? Or do I have to make things happen myself? You see, can God really provide in the wilderness? Jesus knew, and his reply to Satan is, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, what Jesus was saying I'm not gonna to try to take care of myself. I'm gonna wait until God speaks. God knows what I need. God will take care of me. The second temptation that Jesus faced, that you and I face, is the temptation to test God. And by testing, in other words, the devil took him up to the top of the temple and said, throw yourself down because the Bible says that he won't allow your foot to be dashed against the stone. In other words, the devil is saying, God won't let anything happen to you so you can do whatever you want. It's the temptation to test God. That's why Jesus responded by saying, it's wrong to test the Lord. Now, put yourself in this situation. If we went up to the top of this building and the devil said, Carlos, throw yourself off the roof. Nothing's going to happen. You're, you're, the, you're a son of God. You're a child of God. He'll take care of you. He'll make sure nothing happens. We would think that that is foolish, wouldn't we? Come on. Nobody in their right mind would do that. No Christian that I know would, would literally go to the top of a building and intentionally throw themselves off thinking, God's not going to let me fall. But yet today, we've got Christians who refuse to take medication because they believe God's going to heal them without medication. It says God. God has provided wisdom for man to bring, to bring healing through medication and procedures. So if, if you are sick and the doctor said, take this pill and you'll be fine. And you're like, well, I ain't going to take that pill because I'm trusting God. And then you keel over, you were testing God. Now, as ridiculous as some of that may sound, and granted, that may sound ridiculous, but what about Christians today that are not honoring the shelter in place. Listen to me now. I just want to talk heart to heart as your pastor. If we ignore sheltering in place, which is there to help protect us physically, if we are intentional about doing that, are we not testing God? Are we not getting to a point, if we all start to say, no, we're going to have church service, and man, we're not going to wear masks, and we're not going to social distance. In fact, I'm going to hug everybody I see because we're the believers of God. God's going to take care of us. God won't let us get sick because, you know, we have faith. 
There are a lot of people who are buried in the ground who said that. Sadly, on a, on a sad note, it was a pastor in New York, but those were his words, and this church had service. And the pastor contracted the virus, and he died. Why? Listen, we can't test God and think that all is going to be well. Jesus knew better. But sometimes, see, we don't know better. In fact, I would say this. The longer we're in shelter in place, the stronger this temptation comes, becomes. The longer we are in this place of isolation, the more we're tempted to say, I got to get out. I got to hug somebody. Or I got to do this. We got to get back together. Churches are already uh, chomping at the bit. We got to get back together. We gotta, it's going to be okay. And uh, people, store owners and, and all these, uh, understandably, businesses are saying, I, I, we got to get our businesses back going. And everybody's chomping at the bit uh, and what, believing it's going to be okay if we do this. And it might, but it might not. And that's why the concern that I have in this temptation is that we test God. Now, to be honest and, and, and transparent with you, that's just a small part of this temptation of testing God. We've got people, brothers and sisters, who don't honor God's word who disobey God's word intentionally and they walk around believing nothing is going to happen to them. See, it's that willful disobedience and yet believing that nothing is going to happen that equates to us testing God. Jesus knew better and he avoided that temptation and I pray that you and I will be wise to see that when it comes and not give in to it. The third temptation is kind of the cousin of that, of the second one, because that's the temptation to take the easy road or the fast road. When the devil tempted Jesus, he knew he was the son of God, and he knew ultimately Jesus would be crowned king of kings and lord of lords. Essentially what he was telling Jesus, if you bow down to worship me, you can have it now. You don't have to wait till later. You can, you can be king now. I can give you all these kingdoms now. Why wait? And during, again, this pandemic, the question people have, uh, that is, or, or, or the question that people are seeking an answer to, that's the better way to put it, is when? When are things going to get back to normal? When are we going to be able to get back to work? When are we going to be able to get back to church? When are we going to be able to get back to our life? Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, this, God speaking, I am making a way in the wilderness. What God is saying is, you might find yourself right now in the wilderness, but understand, I'm making a way. In other words, God's saying, I have a plan. This is something that we need to settle spiritually in our hearts and really trust and believe. God has a plan. Think what you will, but the pandemic didn't catch God by surprise. God understands what is going on. He has a plan for every one of his children. But now here's what the Bible also says in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 21. For 40 years, 
You sustain them in the wilderness. They lack nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet become swollen. Forty years, God had his people in the wilderness and he provided for them and the wilderness did not negatively impact their lives. I don't know when this physical wilderness is going to be over, but here's what I do know. While it continues, God will take care of us. While it continues, God will provide everything that we need. While it continues, it will not impact our lives spiritually or physically if we will look and trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He has a plan, and we don't want to give in to the temptation and say, I want to get ahead of God. I want this now. I can't wait for when it ever is going to open up. Nobody knows when it's going to open up. I can't wait. I got to get back to it now. I got to do this now. The devil has always used the temptation on God's people not to wait on God to be impatient, to say, do it now. Why wait till later? You don't have to wait till later. But I know that you know, and many of us experience, we get into a world of trouble when we grow impatient and don't wait to get a, about for God and get ahead of God. Worship team, if you would come, please. Please know that God has a plan while we're in this wilderness, he will take us through the wilderness. I don't know how long it will be. Only God knows that. But I do know this. If we as a people will trust in him, he will provide for us while we're in the wilderness and he will bring us through. Because the children of Israel, after those 40 years, God brought them into the promised land. When the wilderness experience was over, they entered into a new dynamic experience called the promised land. And that's what God has purposed and planned for all of our lives. Pastor Jason and worship team, could you help me before we close in a word of prayer? God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision See things like you do God, I look to you You're where my help comes from Give me wisdom Cause you know You know just what to do And God, I look to you I won't be overwhelmed Give me vision To see things like you do God, I look to you You're where my help comes from Give me wisdom You know You know just what to do And I will love you, Lord, my strength And I will love Sing hallelujah. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah. 
In that wilderness experience, God's mountain is there in the wilderness. God will miraculously provide for us in the wilderness. And although temptation awaits in the wilderness, because Jesus was victorious through those temptations and his spirit dwells within us, we too can be victorious through that temptation. In other words, the wilderness is not an experience to be shunned or avoided, but one to be embraced. Father, we come before you in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank you that although we may be experiencing the wilderness, I thank you that today we see clearly from your word that your mountain is also in the wilderness. You didn't choose to put your mountain in, in the, the big city or, or some glorious place, but rather in that place of isolation, in that solitary region. That's where you chose to put your mountain. That's where we can experience your presence in such a profound way. And I pray for us, Father, that in these times while we're sheltering in place, or whether we are also in the moment going through our own personal wilderness, I pray that we would experience the mountain of God, that we would experience your holy manifest presence in such a profound way. And that in that time, oh God, we will hear your voice clearly commissioning us, giving us the direction that we need for our lives. I thank you that you're the God that provides for us. You miraculously will provide everything that we need, both physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And I thank you that though there might be some temptation waiting for us there in the mountain, uh, in the wilderness, God, I pray that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, through the inspiration and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we too will be victorious as you were, Lord. And as we will have the victory, the way you sent angels to minister to the Lord, Father, we know that you will also minister to us so that we can return from the wilderness in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you will bless us in this way in the precious and mighty name of Jesus and all God's people say amen, amen. and amen God bless you thank you for joining us today I hope and pray that this word was a blessing to you if it was hey like it share it uh, let your friends and family know about it so that they too can be blessed through God's word until next time, we love you. God bless you.